Welcome to the Foothills Wellness Retreat Podcast, where we discuss the next Foothills Wellness Retreat, interview presenters, and share with you wellness opportunities here in the Foothills community. I'm Dr. Jared McCollum, and our co-host is Lisa Moraz, the founder and director of the Foothills Wellness Retreat. Well, hello everyone. This is Dr. Jared McCollum from the Foothills Wellness Retreat. And today's episode is with Samantha Baldwin. Now, this interview I did on my podcast, The Five Elements Letting Go, uh, last year. And uh, because we haven't released this on the Foothills Wellness Retreat podcast, we are doing that so now. She's one of the presenters coming up at this winter wellness retreat. And of course, when I first read uh, her description, before I even uh, set up the appointment to do the podcast, I knew it was going to be a very interesting podcast. Anyone who uh, labels themselves as the pussy priestess, you know it's going to be entertaining. So here we go. I hope you have a great time and have many laughs like I did because uh, this is a great interview. And again, we will see Samantha Baldwin at this winter wellness retreat. Well, welcome everyone to the Five Elements Letting Go. I'm Dr. Jared McCollum, and with me today is Samantha Baldwin. Um, she's the founder of the Goddess Temple of Healing Arts, and this is this podcast is explicit. So it is she is a pussy power priestess. <laughs> when I saw that, I'm like, okay, we got to talk about this. This is interesting. Yes. But uh, just this idea around, um, you know, helping women reconnect with, you know, their power of birth and pleasure uh-huh. and uh-huh. all of that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, what, uh, can, can you describe more of what that is and kind of how you all pull it together? Where, where, where's the pussy power priestess thing come from? I'm very curious. A whole journey yeah. <laughs> comes from a whole journey, but I guess it's funny. I was thinking about it on the way here, but you, you know, I've listened to bits of your podcast, etc. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about, okay, just wellness in general. How do we mm-hmm. get here? And I thought, usually it comes from trauma. Well, that's what <laughs> makes us want to actually get well. Yes. Yeah. Get <laughs> well and then help other people get well. Yeah. And so I guess the Pussy Power Priestess came from trauma mm-hmm. to start. Your own? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so if you want me to dive in, I'm totally open about it. But, like, I was sexually assaulted when I was 17. And what the result of that was was complete physical numbness not to mention all the emotional physical spiritual like all of it went Mm -hmm. sideways yeah and i went into counseling immediately because i don't like carrying baggage but it like haunts you you Mm -hmm. know even if you're like oh i went to like a counselor and i did all this art therapy and i did all this stuff and it was like well it was still haunting me so i ended up with this narrative when i was in my dating life um, that I was broken. So it was like, you know, whatever happens, like I can't feel anything. And it wasn't until I met my husband <laughs> where he's like, well, we'll see about that. And I was like, oh, really? <laughs> and sure enough, I don't know if there was just some unspoken level of trust there or what, but he unlocked something within me. It took him maybe three weeks. And I was like, hitting levels of pleasure I've never experienced before. And I thought, what is that? Like, I have to dissect that. Mm -hmm. And so I went down this 
rabbit hole of seeking that out. And so I started, you know, learning from, I don't know if you know Alice Hong. She was a very well-known yoga teacher in Calgary who then traveled the world and started bringing back tantric practices. And so I studied with her and um, started to really learn about women's pleasure specifically mm-hmm. and what that means for our power. And I started to become empowered in every other area of my life the more I went into that world. Mm-hmm. Plus, I've been a doula since 2004. Mm-hmm. So I've seen a lot of births. Yeah. I've seen the power myself. Mm-hmm. And so I just kind of got a little obsessed with what that means for women and what it does for women. And so that's that's where that's I... That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Because cause I'd imagine with just about everything in our lives, if we can be vulnerable... If we can open up and be, you know, authentic with where we are, the power from that in general, where you're a man or a woman, helps you to be the real you so you can open yourself up to receive, you know, because you're making that space, you're releasing that being a little empty with vulnerability to receive more and to, you know, experience more in our lives. And like with any relationship, the more vulnerable we are, the more trust we build, and the more trust, the better sex. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. 100%. And then this whole idea of, I, I don't know, just sort of like when you, like I've done work with women where I teach them uh, womb breathing. So it's basically like you're rocking back and forth on your pelvis and you're mm-hmm. using your breath. And than just connecting, just using your hands to just put on that space, that energetic space. And I'm hearing comments like, I, you know, uh, endometriosis, say, and then they're in pain or whatever for three out of four weeks of every month and incapacitated. And all of a sudden they're doing womb breathing and just connecting and yoni steaming as well. Mm -hmm. And I was doing this with women once a week in my priestess course. And they were telling me that just doing that once a week was freeing them from pain. They were calling me saying, I got my period today and I didn't even know it because normally they'd have all these symptoms leading up to it that they knew darn well what was happening. Mm -hmm. But it was like a surprise because they were pain free just from this connection point Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. with. Yeah. Well, and I think, too, that trauma, pain puts us in a position where we want to disassociate from our bodies uh-huh. so that we don't have to feel it or we don't have to deal with the, the pain or the emotions and the memories. And that disassociation just leads to more imbalance and more pain and, you know, just kind of feeds that trauma. Uh-huh. But when we can be with it and get back into our bodies, you know, and again, from Chinese medicine, you know, that, just how you describe it sounds to me like it's it's qigong you know yeah. it's this movement and breath and getting yeah. the qi in the fashion moving mm-hmm. so that the body can get that balance and you know breath work in general is pretty amazing and mm-hmm. how it can bring uh not only us back into our bodies but to help with that pain absolutely yeah yeah, I mean, I used to be a yin yoga teacher and I mean, yoga in general, but yin was my favorite because it was always like, and pre 2020, people really didn't want to be there. They didn't want to be in that discomfort. 
And I remember always saying, you know, climb back into that experience because I could watch them leaving their bodies as a teacher. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was always like, come back, go into that. Yeah. That zone where that makes you uncomfortable. Yeah. 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 And it's to, there's a quote I have in one of the treatment rooms, you know, where, you know, discomfort is, you know, and suffering is like a, an awakening mm-hmm. to wellness. It, it shows us that we're, you know, it's a signal to our minds and bodies that we become imbalanced and that we're not paying attention to the body mm-hmm. in our bodies to allow us to find that, that uh, connection and, and healing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's rather than, and I think we, when we get ill or we get pain, we want to run from it and hide from it, like you said. Mm-hmm. But really, we should look at it as, okay, what's your body trying to tell you here? And that's what's, you know, with what I love about Chinese medicine is, you know, every meridian fascial pathway has, you know, emotions associated with them. So, you know, okay, so what are you holding on to here? Mm-hmm. What are you like with a lot of women's health issues? It's, you know, liver, it's spleen and kidney. Mm-hmm. So we're going to have fear, anger, yeah. and worry, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and that's kind of just, daily life for a woman <laughs> actually <laughs> because yeah. they you know and I, and I think a lot of men don't recognize this mm-hmm. is again if a if a, a man doesn't take the time to really listen to a woman or understand where they come from they don't understand the constant state of fear a lot of women are in mm-hmm. because they don't their power has been taken from them for centuries oh, yeah. mm-hmm. you know so it's it's exciting to see this shift and transition and what it's doing to our culture in general. Yes. Any, any words on that? Oh, my gosh. So Sorry, funny. I just opened up a whole no, thing. No, yeah, you totally did. Um, yeah, I think I, it, the, where I'm going, and I'll just follow the thought pattern, mm-hmm. is uh, – <laughs> My business partner and I just did a sacred sound retreat at a retreat center. I will leave off the name for now. Okay. <laughs> um, so we did a four-day retreat with sound. Mm-hmm. Um, my partner, it was open to anybody, but we ended up with all women. Mm-hmm. And my partner said, why is no men coming? Like, they've inquired, but where are they? And I said, I don't know, let's just go with it. You know, I'm kind of attract that anyway. That's partly how I became the pussy power priestess was even yeah. yoga. No <laughs> men would show up to my classes. Mm-hmm. I would sort of like, if a man showed up to my class, it was like to be celebrated because it was so yeah. rare. Um, and so I said, let's just go with it. And, and so this, we did this beautiful retreat that was really powerful to talk about frequency. And, and a lot of our focus was not in, like, I do have the big, amazing, fancy alchemy bowls that cost an arm and a leg that have to be insured, right? Mm -hmm. But I always try to teach people that you don't need to invest that much money in a tool. Mm -hmm. If you want to, go nuts, because I love it too. But um, you don't have to. And so I always say, like, your most powerful sound healer is your voice. Mm -hmm. And as you know, the voice or the throat is anatomically almost identical to a woman's yoni. You know, if you look at the yeah, yeah, the vaginal canal. Yeah, okay. Yeah, just so right. it's, in case uh, there's yeah. some people that don't know what a yoni is. <laughs> True. Sorry, it's the yoga lingo. I apologize. Okay. Um, and so, 
we're applying this sound retreat. It was really beautiful, except there was, um, and I'll just be totally frank, like there was a seriously haunted element going on at this retreat center. Like it was really haunted. Like we're talking participants who are not necessarily attuned to that, having really freaky experiences. Okay. Yeah. I wish I would have known sooner. It's okay. We ended up there. Yeah. Um, and so we're, there's this thread of us playing the sound and we were chanting using, I taught them how to do a soul song. And so it's about toning and then finding this tone that sort of clicks with you mm -hmm. and makes you feel empowered or whatever. Okay. So it's like different, like almost vowel sounds, uh -huh. you know? Uh -huh. And so each woman was chanting their vowel sounds and we were chanting them back. And it was this really powerful voice opening and spontaneous, strange things were happening, like a three hour dance by the fire that wasn't planned. And, <laughs> and you know, this wild circle was happening at the end. And, um, and then this, the last night we were there, it got really spooky and like, I had to, like, I'm a Reiki master. So I had to use some serious energy methods for whatever was around here. And it felt like staying at this retreat center felt like an asylum this whole time. And I thought, where are these asylum vibes coming from? Hmm. So finally, when we were leaving on Monday, I asked the hosts who lived there, I said, I hate to tell you, but like, this place is really haunted if you haven't noticed already. But I said, what was this place? Anyway, the history of the place that I will not mention um, <laughs> was actually sold to a guy in the 80s who ended up um, blindfolding and essentially kidnapping prostitutes and drug addicted girls from Calgary, taking them out there putting them in a shed for rehabilitation. Oh my goodness. And I thought, here we are, freeing our voices, dancing spontaneously around that. Like we were, there was sort of this um, freeing of that, whatever that oppression was. Hmm. And, and it did become other things. So like it was a Aboriginal rehabilitation place and a child and youth place and there's all these like i thought this is that othering you oh my know goodness. all the places where people abuse power <laughs> and so that's where i'm leading to with this whole masculine yeah. feminine it doesn't have to be women or men it can mm -hmm. be this mass like this idea of the toxic masculine which it affects everyone is what mm -hmm. we sometimes call the patriarchy right where yeah. people doesn't matter who you are how you identify are oppressed yeah. by a system or mm -hmm. something or treated as non-human mm -hmm. And so I think this rise of the feminine, we'll call it, mm -hmm. of that energy of peace and love and flow is going to essentially free everybody mm -hmm. and, and stop mm -hmm. this nonsense that we've had historically. Of yeah, because it's interesting. I think the fight and the pushback from, you know, I would say a small, major a small minority of men. I, I do think the majority of men now are moving in the right direction. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think it's like with anything, whether it's uh, uh, whenever a group is threatened to lose their power, they get really loud at the end before they all transition and change. Whether it was slavery, women's right to vote, now uh you know, religion in the decline, people are freaking out who are faithful to their faiths, you know, and now, you know, men that feel all of a sudden, oh, everyone else is getting all these perks and benefits and poor men, 
<laughs> you know, but but you got you hit it right on the head. It's this idea of you know it's not men versus women. It's those in power that abuse that power to you know control or manipulate others, yeah. and that's that's where people have a hard time because they'll be like, oh, but this this one woman does that. Or, you know, yeah. this, uh, but that's when people choose to let go of, um, you know, and, and it's not like women have a, a monopoly on compassion and vulnerability no. and kindness. <laughs> um, the difference is, I think, is that young men are taught at a young age to ignore their emotions, hide their emotions, and the greatest um insult that for decades was used to make fun of a man was to call him a pussy uh-huh. or a girl or uh-huh. all of these things. And, you know, being a young man growing up in the 80s, that was something that was everywhere. It was. And, you know, now you look back and you and I think about this and you're like, oh my goodness. The greatest insult for a young man is to be compared to a woman. Mm-hmm. So how does that treat and train and prepare that young man for a relationship with women? Mm-hmm. He's told, don't cry. Don't talk about your emotions. Mm-hmm. Don't be so emotional. You know, all these mm-hmm. things. And then we wonder why the majority of suicides are men. Oh, yeah. Why the majority of mass shootings are men. Why, you know... A lot of the, and again, it's not all, but the difference in it's not a man or a woman thing. It's that letting go of, you know, compassion and kindness and mm-hmm. uh, that need for just that there is no like upper, lower level. There's no caste. There's no division. No. We are who we are. And the loss of that energy, you know, because I'm, who knows what it was like back in the day when we were all hunters and gatherers? Who knows? But we're finally on the trajectory towards balancing that energy out, like you said. Yes. And we need to stick with it. Mm-hmm. Because, like I said, there's some groups to, that are just like hanging from the cliff on their fingers and yelling and swearing at everyone. Yeah. They can just climb up and join us. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it, it just, it terrifies them because for some reason they feel they're losing power. Mm-hmm. And, you know, have, have you ever seen that documentary, The Mask We Live In? No. It's all about toxic masculinity. And it goes it. through, you know, explaining what it is and mm-hmm. how it harms people both men and women yes. and the communities as a whole and they even go into prisons and they wow. there's these courses that are taught in some prisons in california where they actually talk about this and so all these prison guys talk about how when they were young they were never allowed to talk about their emotion and the mm. only thing that was you know uh celebrated was machismo and yeah. that masculine man and so that was the only thing they could do or be or act like and it leads to this very aggressive Mm-hmm. very disconnected male mm-hmm. that just turns to abuse of power to solve any problem. Yeah. Um, anyway, I'm, no, so I anyone that is interested in that documentary, look it up. Totally. You know, I tell all my young patients, uh, young women that are 
you know, trying to find the one or their partner, I always say, you know, on the third date, have them watch that documentary. Yes. Because if they're toxic, they're going to ghost you. Uh-huh. If they're in the on the right direction, but they're struggling to understand, they'll talk to you about it, mm-hmm. but they'll defend and, you know, yes. you know, have a lot to talk about it. If they're on the right, you know, if they're already there and they're in a good place, they'll be like, yeah, that was awesome. That is totally right. This is what it is. So it kind of gives them a gauge because I'm like, and even if, if they're one of those first two, are you even yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> worth the time? Sorry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, not really. Um, but also like raising your boys. Yeah. You know, like from the mother mm-hmm. archetype. Yeah. Like I know if, if you want to bring astrology into the whole picture, I have a son who's a Pisces sun and a cancer moon. And if, you know anything about astrology that you can't get a more sensitive combination. Yeah. And he truly is like the most sensitive human being I've ever met. Mm-hmm. And he's only six, but yeah. like, and I'm, you know, I'm homeschooling him. Like we talked about that before this was all recording, mm-hmm. but I'm watching this ability. And my husband is really in that very balanced state. Luckily he's had a, a lot of life to get there, but he's really, he sometimes catches me on that sort of expectation to hold up the fort or to, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, well, I need to fall apart kind of thing. You know yeah. what I mean? Like he'll, he'll, it, it, he has to catch me on it sometimes, yeah. but to be in the place of raising a boy without the influence of a system. I mean, I, he's influenced cause you're influenced regardless, mm-hmm. but he's not in school. He has none of this, influence from mm-hmm. and he has two older sisters so they influence him but it's just really cool to start to watch how are his emotions being handled how, you know mm-hmm. is he being celebrated for having like are we directing him in the right context etc so i think it's a really powerful position to be really aware of mm-hmm. what is the messaging what is yeah. the conditioning that's yeah. happening here yeah and i i just hope that that approach to parenting and just that acceptance of just whatever you are, whatever your energy yes. is, you know, you know, like I can, I can remember a story with my oldest. And so I was raised like staunch Mormon. Wow. And um, it took me 37 years to get out. But I remember my oldest son one day on the way home from church, she was like, um, we were talking about what we learned in church and this and that. And he's like, I learned I'm an atheist. And I was like, okay. And like he was like 10. So I'm like, <laughs> how does he even know what this word is? Mm-hmm. So obviously it was brought up in class. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, that's me. <laughs> so at first I'm like, okay, does he understand the word? So I'm like, okay, what does that mean? Can you tell me about it? And he's like, yeah, it means I don't believe in God. And wow. I'm like, okay. And I'm like, all right. Um, well, that's, that's good. If you feel that way, that's, that's your choice. Uh, we still, you know, we're still going to go to church and we're still going to church at the time. I'm like, yeah, but we're, you know, still going to church and stuff, but you get to, you can believe what you like. And then I think it was six years later when he came out to me that he was by. And I wonder if I had approached that, you know, that experience in a different way. If I'd squash it and say, no, 
in our home, we are this, mm-hmm. and stifled that expression and that honesty, would he have ever felt he could express that to me later on in his mm-hmm. life, you know? And, you know, I've got, <laughs> I've got a bi son, a gay son, and now my youngest believe, uh, feels he's asexual. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, and again, everyone's like, why is this happening so much more? And I'm like, it was always there. <laughs> it's just no one was able to be honest. And again, gender is a spectrum. Totally. You know, there's there's your biological sex and then there's gender. Yes. And gender is the expression of who you are. Mm-hmm. We've just decided that there's only two. Right. You know. In and, the Piscean age, yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but no, there's, there's, a, there's a whole blend. There is. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's amazing how that is changing with children i love it they can be just so much more honest with who they are yes um my question i have for you is so with your your practice and the tools you use um could you describe to me what you know like you said in the past you you worked as a doula so Mm -hmm. do you you, do you not work as a doula anymore no i still do i'm here and there i'm not in love with the system right now but okay because it sounds like you got lots of Lots of training. So how would you describe what you do and how you use it to help, um, you know, I don't know if you work with men too, but. I do. Okay. I do. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, Obviously, mostly women. I I find a lot of women are just attracted to what I do. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that's where the, the, you know, mark, uh, like the branding has sort of come out of is just who was attracted to me. Mm -hmm. Um, But. Yeah, basically, you want to know what I do, like all all encompassing what Mm -hmm. that would look like. So I'm really the the best place I feel I can affect people is in my integrative healing sessions. So that is where I offer the sound. So I play the alchemy crystal bowls on their body and around them. I I drum. I do all kinds of sound stuff. And then um, I offer the energy medicine or like I'm trained in holy fire reiki and so i offer the energy medicine but i also get i've been psychic since i was a kid so i get major messages i get messages from loved ones so it's kind of a has a bit of a sprinkle of mediumship in what i do and then um and then i send them off with homework so um really my teachings are about empowerment regardless of who you are but typically men don't take priestess courses for some reason maybe that'll change one day (laughs) (laughs) i don't often once it's labeled priests and priestesses (laughs) once it's labeled both and people understand that yeah or what's the gender neutral form right what is that priest like not even wizard school like it has to be like like i don't even know we'll have to come up with it um and so in those classes i'm teaching women how to become empowered from the inside out mm-hmm. um through those practices of yoni steaming jade egg is a good one the breathing but then also sort of just having and living a magical life so i teach that kind of stuff as well so it, i feel like i'm divided in between this sort of teacher mm-hmm. and this healer mm-hmm. and so it depends where i either have students you know and then I have clients. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. So group setting or one-on-one. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. But that's a, you know, a great healer is the one that not only heals someone, but teaches them how they can heal themselves. Well, yeah, because we can't and, do it alone. Yeah. 
you know that. Yeah. Well, and they, <laughs> you know, it's interesting. I learned early on while I was in school, you know, in the in the clinical setting, uh, in my school studying acupuncture, that you can, you know, use acupuncture nerves to get someone better. But if they're a lifestyle and they don't have the tools physically and emotionally to maintain that balance, you know, you have a, a lifetime patient that's never going to be well. Mm-hmm. And financially, that might be a good idea. Mm-hmm. But if you can't get people better, you don't get referrals. <laughs> and that is it fair, actually. And it doesn't help the patient. Yeah. So uh, in Chinese medicine, there's eight limbs. Mm-hmm. And so there's like, you know, ones that we do for them, ones we kind of help them understand, and then mm-hmm. ones they do themselves. Mm-hmm. And, you know, through all that, it's important that we do teach yes. and give them those tools so that they can take that home yes. and, and kind of, and, and I think, you know, rather than just giving someone a, a pill, which at times they're great and they do their job, but if that's the only responsibility the patient has to change, then it's not true healing. No. You know, and so when you can give them those tools to say, okay, I want you to go home, do this, mm-hmm. work on that, you know, there's some ownership and, you know, this active healing mm-hmm. that then happens rather than just this passive healing where like, yes. oh, you made me better, you know. Which is, again, not empowered. Mm-hmm. That's like giving away your authority. Yeah. I get, I hear a lot from patients too. They're like, oh, you, you, you healed me or you're amazing. You did this. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh, I just put needles in you. Yes. Your body healed you. Yes. And I think one of the important thing that we can as, as healers to help patients understand is the the power within their bodies and mm-hmm. their ability to heal themselves because there's certain statements and things that happen in western medicine that uh can block that for a patient mm-hmm. um like often i'll hear this from doctors i'll tell patients well you just have to learn to live with it and when i hear that i hear the opposite which is if you want relief from this the only way is through death mm. And so the subconscious of the patient feels that I have to live with this the rest of my life. Ooh. And then it puts in their head the seed of, well, if I weren't around, I wouldn't be in pain. Mm-hmm. And that is, and I know it's not on purpose, but our language as healers is so important. Mm-hmm. And to take that power from that patient, just say, this is, no, this is just how it's going to be. And yes, you may be able to, you know, and that's where we need some more humility in medicine that if you can't get a patient better, it doesn't mean they can't get better. It means you're not the path for their healing. Yes. You know? Yes. Okay. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Because, again, I'm sure there's some people maybe listening to this and be like, wow, pussy princess. That's not for me. Mm-hmm. Oh, 100%. <laughs> but, but that's okay. Totally, because we're not for everyone. Because <laughs> there's people out there that are just like listening to this and they're like, I want to be a pussy priestess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you do. And they're drawn to that energy, <laughs> totally. right? Because I, I think of it as you describe this, this treatment. So I'm laying there. I have these crystal singing bowls on me and you're playing them and playing a drum and all of this. Just to allow yourself to be in that place to open up to that. Because that, to a lot of people, is going to be fucking weird, right? Sweet. Because they've never, <laughs> like, this could be, like, way out of someone's comfort zone, oh, right? Oh, totally. But to put yourself in that place 
and open yourself up to that and be trusting to it creates this avenue for healing mm -hmm. that isn't available unless you really it, like you're you're really opening yourself up yeah acupuncture is the same kind of thing mm -hmm. you know um more people know about it yes. you know whatever but it's still scary yeah because needles yeah because we have a stuff. negative association with that yeah. yes but when you come in and you can just put your trust in someone mm -hmm. and just open yourself up to that healing just taking that first step in something like that is huge in healing like yeah. it, it, how would you describe the experience of a patient you know someone who's never done something like this okay before, i will like? i have a story okay. but yeah, it's yeah. not in my healing room okay. <laughs> <laughs> so once upon a time i was a poet mm -hmm. and i was teaching yoga and i was a poet and so i taught my class and i used to teach like with the bulls mm -hmm. And so I had the bowls, but again, they're, they're like insured. So I'm not leaving them downtown Calgary in my car. So I have to take them into the poetry reading with me. Mm -hmm. So that's fine. But then all the poets decided they wanted to go to a bar after. And I thought, okay, well, I'll come for a drink maybe, but I'm not leaving the bowls here. So I took the bowls to the hop and brew. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so I have these bags that are very cushy so the bowls don't break. And, and I'm taking them up into this bar and i'm sitting there and i'm talking to the poets whatever and this guy comes up to me who was not anywhere it was not in our group or anything he was just this random guy he was completely you know half cut you know how they look whatever and he comes up and he goes what's in the bag and i was like oh they're um bowls <laughs> and he said like like salad bowls and i was like well not exactly and i said do you want me to show you and he said yeah yeah show me your bowls you know like he's all obnoxious whatever so i i pull out one bowl and again hop and brew music's happening voices are happening you know how loud it is there yeah and i start playing and people started turning they could hear the one bowl I played over yeah. the music, over the conversation, that is how high frequency they are, mm. that people started turning around and wondering what I was playing. Yeah. And this guy sobered up right before my eyes. Like <laughs> his eyes got clearer. He got almost serious. Uh -huh. And I just kind of looked at him and he goes, wow. He goes, I'm really sorry I called them a salad bowl. He's like, that's actually really amazing. Yeah. And I thought that yeah. is the power of frequency with mm -hmm. people who have no clue yeah. what that was about. Hmm. And so I was just lucky that I brought them into a space that they wouldn't have been expected in, you mm -hmm. know, right. and had that experience. Cool. Yeah. Super cool. Are you bringing the bulls to the Foothills Wellness Retreat? Probably not. Oh, okay. Well, so because, what, what are you doing at the retreat? What's so your... the retreat I'm doing, I'm a vendor a vendor and a presenter. So mm -hmm. in the vendor, I'm doing the Akashic Record readings. Okay. As a presenter, I'm doing a talk on pleasure, which will be really exciting. And then I'm doing a talk on sigils and how to create sigils too. Okay. Uh, for those that don't know, yeah. describe so a sigil. sigils are symbols that you can create out of an intention that you have. And what happens is, so like runes, a lot of you will know runes. You don't have any tattooed on you, do you? Um, do you? I have some alchemy symbols. You have some alchemy symbols. Yeah. So yeah, like simple symbols like that, but you're taking 
an intention, you're almost boiling it down. Obviously, I'm going to teach how to do it Mm -hmm. into a symbol because the symbols actually bypass the subconscious or bypass the conscious mind into the subconscious. So this is almost like creating a symbol that's a seed that can help you manifest whatever Mm -hmm. you're looking to manifest, which is why you have to be very careful with them and manifest exactly what you want to manifest. (laughs) Be careful what you wish for always. Um, So... Yeah, so I'm just doing a talk on sigils, and then I'm doing the talk on pleasure, and then I'm doing Akashic readings. Oh, okay. Yeah. And what the readings, do you want to describe those? Yes, I love the readings. So unlike a psychic reading where, you know, you get this information from a psychic and you're just supposed to do something with it, Akashic is opening up the whole library of your soul's records. So you have, your soul is not just located on this planet at this time and space like your soul has done many many other things and i have access when you give me permission to these this realm and you can ask any question about your soul's journey why why am i not making enough money why can't i find the relationship i want why aren't i getting the healing i need you know what what are my limitations and tell me why i can't move forward in this aspect and you can ask questions like this and then i will receive information from your record keepers on what past lives are informing this and what sort of soul contracts or anything that has sort of played into this obstacle in your life. Um, And then what's beautiful about it is it's actually like a healing technique within the Akashic so that we can transmute it and transform it. And you're not just walking out of there with information and going, well, that was cool, but it's actually that we heal and transform that thing that is either stopping you or limiting you or it's so much fun. Oh, cool. And so you'll be doing that on Saturday night between six and nine. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Those are some cool things. I don't know where my schedule is like that day. I, I, I don't know how it works with presenters if we get to go to the other ones or not. But right? I'm going to have to figure that out. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, that's so exciting. So if someone's listening to this and they don't want to wait to the retreat, uh-huh. to get a hold of you or, oh, yeah. you know, uh, have an experience, uh-huh. a session with you. Do you have a website? Yes. Have- so head on over to www.goddesstemplearts.ca. Okay. And um, also once a month, it's going to be end up being more. I do play, if you're wanting the bowls, I do play the sound bath at Lemuria Studio in High River. Okay. Um, so you, it's on my website. So whenever the dates will be. Well, we'll put a link to your website in the description. Yes. The podcast. I would love that. Put me in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Well, it's exciting. It's going to be. I'm really excited about the retreat. I think it's going to be a really neat way to kind of get everyone together. It is. And, um, you know, build those. Build that community and, and uh, connection relationships with all the other practitioners. Well, I think it's going to be really busy right. now that the long weekend's over. I yeah. think it's just going to fill up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for joining us. Thank you sharing for your having experience. me. This is really neat. Absolutely. I learned a lot. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and again, if you want to um, become a pussy power priestess, you've got it. Got our boss right here. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much. Thanks, everyone. Have a great day.